Welcome into another edition of Locked On Bills. I'm your host, Kevin Misery, here on our first 2018 preseason game, actually first lick of football. Jason and I are going to be going through that today. We're going to be talking about position battles. We're going to be talking about players who need to show out tomorrow, what you should be looking for, anything interesting about this game, and football's back at New Era Field. Jason, how are you doing today? I am great. I am excited that this all uh, comes to a head tomorrow. It's not the regular season, but you know, there's so much exciting stuff to take out of it. It was a long one. I don't know if it's always this long. It just felt like a long, lot of overhaul, quarterback nonsense, trading picks, um, just a lot of a lot of digest after that playoff game. It's finally here. The Bills versus the Panthers tomorrow, New Era Field. And we're going to see Cam Newton come in and play very little. Uh, Jason just researched as, as, as Gilbert, quarterback Gilbert, will be playing a little bit more tomorrow than normal. Um, Jason, let's talk about the Bills' positional battles. What is a position group you want to see tomorrow? What, what do you think you'll see, and what, what should we watch for tomorrow? I think it'll be interesting to see how the secondary shakes out, not just from the, the starting positions. Those guys are set. Um, with the two corners and the safeties, but we do have a full on, maybe, maybe not a full on slot cornerback battle. I think Gaines probably has, has an edge on um, Taron Johnson, but I, I do think that he's going to get a chance and they have been impressed by him in camp. Um, you know, I, I think there's really like a fifth cornerback position really, really out there to fight for. And if you see, you know, Brian Borders with a pick or you see Lafayette Pitts or, or Levi Wallace or whoever. I think all of those guys, I think the rest of the guys on the roster really have a shot at taking that last cornerback spot. And then safeties, I think the top three are pretty much set uh, with, with the two starters and, and Raphael Bush. But, uh, you know, Dean Marlowe's had a little bit of a, um, a lead for the fourth safety position, maybe partially because he has some experience with McDermott and the Panthers. But, uh, you know, we have a, a fifth-round pick there that has a chance to really show out in this first preseason game. And I think uh, the, a thing to mention is that all these guys are going to have a chance because, again, we are going to see uh, Garrett Gilbert, who is a, you know, a third-year fifth-round pick guy from SMU who hasn't really started or played at all in the league. He hasn't been really a primary backup, and they're going to give him that position this year. So we could uh, we could see some errant balls if if he's going to be playing you know two plus quarters in this game. Yeah, you sure could. I'm, I'm looking out for defensive back as well. And I mean, the Bills have a chance this year. It's it's not like normal, but I think that means the team's actually pretty good to cut their fifth through seventh round pick, as well as Tanner Vallejo last year. Their third last round pick as a sixth rounder. They didn't have a seventh. So some of those late round picks are in trouble this year. Maybe practice squad candidates, but I think that's a good sign, Jason. That. We're going to be watching out for this because usually you could count that one through seven on the roster. And I don't necessarily know that that means you have a good squad if you're guaranteeing keeping these players. Like Bill Belichick cuts his fourth through seventh round pick every single year. Sure. Um, and a lot of them, he might keep one or two from his later rounds, but he's, he's cut and it's one through three to make the team. And then anything else is uh, just range to get cut. And I think that means you have a decent squad. So I, I do. I, I think it's partially prioritization. I think this, this coaching staff and the GM love their veterans, their veteran minimum guys. I think they know that they're, they know their role that they can go and play special teams. I do think that a guy like Dean Marlowe, not as an undrafted free agent, but as a, as a third year veteran probably is considered in higher regard than you know, a sixth or seventh round pick just based on his age and his experience. He's a 26 year old. They already have two years of experience with him. Sure. I, um, 
I, I think that's part of it. But I also do think that we have a little bit of a deeper squad than um, most people think. I don't think we have depth-wise a train wreck at any position except for maybe you know wide receiver and running back. Um, even positions that maybe people think are weaker, like offensive line, I think we're fairly deep at. Uh, I think the same for defensive line, for sure. Um, in the yeah. secondary and the linebackers and everything. I do think that we have a deep team, even though maybe the top line talent isn't as good and, you know, the quarterback and receiver positions are kind of crazy. But, yeah, I, I think it shows that we have a good NFL team with a, a full squad of, you know, we're going to end up with 53 NFL players at the end of the day. Yeah, and I just I, – I don't know if we have time today, Jason. We're going to have to get into it next time we get on. But uh, I did want to, like, bring up our <laughs> – blast from the past roster notes um just to just to kind of compare what we're talking about here with the the roster progression um i mean you're talking about players some of those dick duran changeli years that i just we're not talented football players um and i think you can finally see the bottom half of the roster really develop over the course of 12 months as compared to normal and they kind of got rid of some of that top heavy and kind of evened it out so that's kind of been their model take some of those vets guys that can do a little bit more than the udfas and um, I think that that goes into this D back battle where they like Dean Marlowe. He's a vet. He's bounced around at times. He was always been brought up by Sean McDermott. And I, I think it's his fourth safety job to lose at this point. And that's, that just goes to say he might be better than Sierra Neal right now um, at the safety position. So it'll be interesting to keep that depth safety and Marlowe guy that can play teams, or do they just develop a guy like Neal? That is something to watch for tomorrow. Uh, getting into another position group I want to bring up, the wide receiver group. And obviously, talk about it every show, but just more in, in a battle orientation this time rather than how good they are. They're going against a, uh, a Carolina cornerback crew that's not very good in my opinion with James Bradbury, Kevon Seymour, who didn't make our team. Uh, Dante Jackson was their draft pick, their second-round pick this year. Always seemed to always go back to Captain Munnerlyn, seems to always come back to their squad after playing a little bit in Minnesota. A couple of other, you know, Rashawn Golden, another draft pick, Corn Elder, guys that it should be interesting. It's not like they're going to go against um, a lockdown cornerback, defensive back group. I mean, their safety plays kind of up in the air at the North CRC, Mike Adams, Colin Jones. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that the, this, you know, if even looking, you know, they don't have a ton of depth there to the safety position. So this wide receiver group is going to get a chance this week um, to kind of show who they are. And is there a certain player you're looking for? I mean, Obviously, we want to see if Calvin Benjamin can be a number one receiver in preseason, but I don't know how much you can take away at the top there. What What are you looking for in the receiver group? Who's battling who? Are, are yeah, you, and I could see us. I could see us struggling in the first string sort of situations. Uh, it's certainly a position where our top end talent isn't really there with the rest of the league, especially with um, you know Cor uh, Coleman maybe not playing and and. Say Jones kind of forming into things. I don't know that Benjamin and Holmes are going to tear things up. But I do think if you get to the second and third uh, uh, teams, I think we could get a lot of Brandon Riley. And I think this is the time of the year where he starts looking pretty good. And he's got to go and make a case that, you know, he can go and catch the ball and be an outside receiver, inside receiver. You know, they've been playing him at both. Uh, you've been seeing him. Uh, they clearly want to figure out a way to get him on the team because they have him playing gunner and on special teams during practice now. So I think they're trying to figure out if he can do that because you just can't make the team as a fifth or sixth receiver without special teams ability, or you have to have some sort of potential of, you know, sometime in the future, in the near future, this guy's a future outside starting receiver or whatever. So 
I think Riley's really a guy to watch there. I mean, really all of them. They really do all have a chance to break out because clearly not all of these guys are going to be good. But if you see, you know, I'll be interested. I think they're going to give Ray Ray McLeod a real shot here. I think he's a guy they really want to make the team, maybe use some versatility, use him in the special teams. But you got to see if the guy's a receiver because I don't, I just don't know if there's a room for that many non-receivers on this team. So, you know, look for the guy who's going to go for five for 80 and he might really have a leg up on a few of these, a few of the other players. Yeah, definitely. So when you get into a little bit more about receiver, uh, you have Jeremy Curley, a guy, another guy that should feast. Um, it'll be a good sign if he plays very little. That means he's pretty much a lock as their slot receiver. Um, sure, but if yeah. you see him late in the third quarter, that means he's fighting for a spot. I mean, he's not as guaranteed as some people might think. Um, I, I'd like to see what he has to offer us tomorrow on the field and see if, if he's going to be that possession guy that the team's hoping for. And I do think that there's opportunities against the secondary. I mean, you can't take a ton away from your opponent in preseason, but I do, you know, they're going to have a great front stab. I don't know what you're going to take away from the running game, in other words, but even their backup's pretty solid. But I think that there's there's room in the secondary, and, and, and that's where you're going to see Brandon Riley feast against the Corn Elders of the world and the Lorenzo Dosses and the Ladarius Gunthers. Um, I mean, there's definitely going to be room for these guys to make plays. And who's going to come out? It's going to be unfortunate to not see Cam Phillips. You know, Robert Foster is going to get a shot. Is he going to be able to put it together? It's going to be a very interesting position group, and I think that there's going to be a little bit to take away from that tomorrow. Um, and then, then on another note, I wanted to talk about uh, running back real quickly. I just said it might be tough to, to, to show much against their pretty solid front seven, and they have some backups that are really solid as well. So it's going to be tough to see what we can do there. Um, but is there someone you're looking for? I mean, I'm looking at Keith Ford. I think that he should be – he's a guy who really wants to emerge as the third running back. He's a guy that I think has the most potential. I'm sick of these backup veteran guys that don't make any other team that you can pick up in week eight anyways. Or, or, or do you have the reverse stance? Like kind of where are you at with the third running back position? I, I – I don't necessarily think that Marcus Murphy like isn't that guy. I know that he's okay. not super young, but you know, had a couple carries at the end of last season. Again, I, I you know I tweeted it out a couple days ago. I think you can tell who they're trying to make the team sort of or give a real shot to, putting Marcus Murphy on special teams, putting him at uh, punt or kick return, whichever one he was first on the depth chart with, punt. moving him. Yeah, moving him up in the sort of running back group ahead of Taiwan Jones. You know they're they're trying to give him every opportunity to see if he can be worthwhile for this team in more ways than one, because I do think that they think about this and I tend to disagree, but they don't seem to think that the third running back is much of a running back and is more of, you know, just in your extra utility in case something happens running back, but mostly special teams guy. And they, they, in, you know, two off seasons now, they haven't put a big onus on, on getting one. But at the same time, yeah, it would be really exciting to see Keith Ford break out. You know, he had high school talent um, going into college, um, was a big recruit. Uh, you, could, you could see it, and it would be a, a really nice surprise if we could get, like, a real third running back who you could really give the ball to. And you never know. They're, you know, these guys carry the balls their whole life. Sometimes, sometimes you get guys like – Arian Foster or whoever who like, you know, had a pretty decent college career, but something went wrong and he goes to the pros and everything works out right for him. So right. um not saying that he's Arian Foster. I'm just saying that sometimes you don't know with running backs. These guys come out of nowhere, you know. Right. Every round, undrafted. Uh so but my expectations aren't 
aren't high. But uh, yeah, I'm rooting for that guy. He's un, he's, he's under 27 years old, uh, and that's a rarity for us right now. So would you say you're going for Murphy or, or Ford? What would you? What would your final? What what? Who are you going to watch more of? I know probably both, but what? I guess Murphy, just because I, I don't know that he's the one I want more, but I think he's the more likely one, and I think the one they're going to give a bigger shot to. You know, sometimes these fifth or sixth running backs they go and play the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. There just isn't a time to go rotate five, six guys. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you're going to be able to see it if Keith Ford's getting a quarter and a half. You know, he is a guy getting a shot. But I have a feeling it's going to be Marcus Murphy, uh, at least to start. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think what's interesting is that Jeremy Curley, just real briefly, it's relevant because he's averaged 24 punt returns since coming in the league. He's only missed a total of six games uh, since coming in the league. Last year, he only played eight. I don't know if that was an inactive deal or if he was hurt, but he played. He only missed six games through his first uh, seven years in the league and then missed eight last year. So he hasn't even missed a full season of football. He play, He's healthy. He punt returns pretty regularly, pretty solid at it. Um, I just don't think you need to use a third, a third running back specifically on punt return. Um, and then any of the, you know, you could put anybody, if you're going to punt on kick return, like you're just going to not care about that position. Um, I mean, whatever, throw, throw that guy at that, at, as your kick return. I don't care. Whatever one wins the, the Taiwan Jones, Tavares cadet battle slash Keith Ford slash Marcus Murphy, whatever you can throw him at, at just get more value throw him a kick return. But I, I want the best guy to win that job. And I, just don't think that those position when you have Curly, who you probably are going to have punt return, you know, you didn't sign Tate. So he's a guy, I just want to see a little bit. I just want the best running back on the squad, not a guy that might be able to make a tackle two tackles a year on teams. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I stand on the third running back, but it's going to be interesting. I don't think McCoy's going to play very much. Ivory's going to follow it up. They'll probably go a quarter and a half combined. Um, and then you're going to get, pro- I would hope a full four man rotation um, throughout two and a half quarters of football. I really think that that's a fair way to do it. And to really cap off the offense, Jason, offensive line, you watching the center battle or what are, what are you doing there? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who starts. I'm wondering if, because honestly, the way I think quarterback's going to go is that, you know, I mean, you people probably know by the time that this podcast comes out, but I'm thinking McCarron's going to start the first game. Peterman's going to start the second game. They're going to hope that they have a decision by the third and can, you know, run them out for the dress rehearsal. I think the same thing could happen at center, but it will be interesting. I have a sneaking suspicion that, that Croy's got a leg up, but um, just because I think he was the only guy to get two days in a row, even though they are still rotating. Uh, we'll see, but I'm sure they're trying to solidify that um, that center rotation uh, or that, that the whole offensive line you know, as soon as possible. I don't think they want to go till game four to figure that out. Right. Um, I'm interested to watch – the whole unit in general, like who's going to pop out to me. I think that there's going to be some good offensive line play and I want to kind of find out who that's going to be um, and who I like in the second and third units just in general. I want to see what's going on uh, behind that starting five. Is Vlad Dukas going to come in as a starter and still play solid football? Is he going to be a guy we want replaced all preseason? Jordan Mills is going to take that final step that everyone's been waiting for him to take, uh, even though he's played okay football uh, throughout the last two or three years. So I'm interested yeah. to watch that unit as a whole, see how they play together, see if they have some veteran presence there, um, and, and kind of see if they can keep their first quarterback upright, well, whoever it is, most likely McCarron, as you mentioned. So yeah. interested to see that. Um, uh, quick note, just because I went and looked it up, uh, Jeremy Curley 
did have a PED suspension last year. Is that what it was? Okay. Uh, got got four games and then got released by the team after they. That's what I thought. I didn't think it was injury. Weren't, okay. weren't ha- they weren't happy with a late season PED suspension. Yeah, he's never heard. So, so yeah. um, you know, back to that point, only missing six games in his first seven years. So. I, that's good to know. I mean, he's a guy that they're going to rely on. If he's healthy, you can you can throw him in a punt. You can throw him in a slot. Um, I think he's got a lot of value there and can give you a flexibility with your third running back. I think that's the point of Jeremy Curley would be yeah. that your third running back can be a player, but it's they're still going to put, you know, we know this unit, they're still going to put precedent on Marcus Murphy or Taiwan Jones. Um, maybe even even more so for a cadet who played solid football, but he's, he's a receiving back. Does this team need a receiving back right now? I don't know. Um, so I'm interested, you know, Jason, we're going to flip to the defensive you know, side of the ball right after this. All right. As we get into the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I think there's a real opportunity to play solid football. I don't think this Carolina team's very good, especially, you know, this might be true for everyone, but they did not do anything to uh, address any depth. They're rolling with Garrett Gilbert as their number two, uh, Taylor Henneke, a waiver claim from Houston and Kyle Allen, a guy, you know, you could watch an ESPN draft Academy from ESPN plus. Um, there's really, I mean, he's a guy that trained with Josh Allen, right? I mean, um, yeah. in the Palmer crew. So I, I don't think that they did anything to improve this football team. Christian McCaffrey, a guy, I know you're not crazy high on, don't have yeah. anything really behind. They have CJ Anderson. They, they really needed, and they did get him. Uh, cause Cam Artis Payne's a guy that they've had forever. Um, that just never really became anything. They did draft DJ Moore, but uh, they have their troubles on the offensive line, keeping Cam upright at times too. So I think, yeah, to the point, also, there's some opportunity for this defense to play some. Al- solid also, on a game note, or on a you know specifically this game note, I believe the whole right side of the offensive line is not doing well. Um, their right tackle Daryl Williams is starting on IR, and I believe that they're starting an undrafted rookie at right guard in this game. Um, I, I forget his name, but he's Dorian the guy. Johnson? Um, Dorian no. Johnson. No, I just saw in a report today that they're starting a guy who's like fourth or fifth on the depth chart uh, due to a couple injuries, a couple knocks. So oh, they're the I, team that have their trainers on probation. I forget if it's Carolina. I might. I, I think uh, it is it Carolina. I think it is Carolina. That it is definitely. They put their training staff on probation on a week to week basis because their offensive linemen were getting hurt left and right. Uh, um, Brendan Brendan Mahone is the name, and I think he's actually going to play left guard. But he's he's an undrafted uh, okay. agent this year. Yeah, I was going to say they have Trey Turner. I didn't know if he's. Yeah, uh, no, I think it's I think it's Silatalu who's got the injury. Yeah, it is. He's okay. the guy that the, the staffs like. I think he tore his pecker. Uh, okay. Some variation of that that the training staffs on probation. Okay, so it's not a it's not a right side, but we have a left guard and a right tackle situation that aren't super good right now. Okay. Well, that, that's interesting. Um, I mean, defensive line, I don't think Mar- uh, Trent Murphy is going to play. Um, he's been out with that groin. Um, he's supposed to get back next week. You're going to see an opportunity for Shaq Lawson to rush against that right tackle. Um, I think you play him the whole game. I mean, why not? I, really, I think you really just let him play the whole preseason. You just hope he doesn't get hurt. You go and play him four straight games, let him play different tackles. You know, he's going to get to go up against, you know, 12 different tackles during that span and you just go figure out if he's a football player. I mean, I'm fine with that. I think he times, but give yeah, I think he's beyond getting cut at this point, but I think a trade could still very much happen while his, you know, his reputation's still fairly high. I still think his trade value is a little higher than Corey Coleman's was. 
Definitely. Yep. But uh, he's – they – you know, and they've been saying nice things about him the last couple of days. He's been having better t- days at practice. You know, yeah. the weight thing is probably helping him a little bit. Um, yeah, I really want, still want to see him be good because I really thought that once he shook out some of the injury stuff that he really was a talented player. And I don't think this is like an Aaron Maben thing where there just was a lack of talent. I think I think he can still figure it out in the league, and I would be really um, – I, I, it would really stink to see him go do it for another team like it looks like Reggie Ragland might. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's probably at that same value at the future third or fourth round pick value just yeah. because that's what that's what you're going to get from a former rusher who's played well at times. Um, Coleman had, had, had a bunch of stuff that knocked him down even more of a peg, mm-hmm. but I, it, you'll know early on if they're featuring him, they're, they're doing whatever they can to get him going, and then you're going to hear from the train of the waiver why we traded him for a pick, but... I mean, it's going to cost us more money. to. Try. I just don't see it. I think next year is possible. I think we can talk about that next year. Yeah. I think for them to escalate his salary and pay $8 million in dead cap space, which is four over what he's getting paid, I just don't. It see just it. seems irresponsible like compared to how we've tried to build this team at this point. I think he's a good depth guy this year. You can talk about it next year when you're not going to take that salary ramification and really let's say he doesn't progress finally uh, this season um, as a rotational guy. I think, I think it, he can it, finally cut the cord. Not to mention that I, I don't think Trent Murphy's really been like has had a long career of being a three down sort of guy. I think he sort of did it in his best season, but uh, you know he's been he's been hurt, he's been suspended, he's in training camp hurt now. Uh, you know, there's a very good chance we're going to need a, a good Shaq Lawson this year. Yeah, I mean, I would say he wasn't even in his good year a third down guy because he didn't start any games. So right, um, yeah, so. right. He, I forgot about the fact that he had no starts. So um, they was they think he is, and he's like the perfect McDermott type of guy. So we're gonna see. I want to see. He's a guy. I'm gonna, we're gonna focus on next next game uh, when he's playing. Um, for one of our focal points, I'll be watching a little bit of Trent Murphy. But on the defensive line, Jason. On that note, anything else you're watching? You watching Harry Phillips? Are you watching? Yeah, I mean, Dolph? I, I, what's going on? Yeah, I, I think Phillips and Dolph are probably most interesting. You know, we haven't seen Phillips play yet. I, I, he's one of the more interesting players to me as far as how he's actually going to translate to the NFL because I can totally see it both ways of him being very good and sort of the motor and the technique he uses working, and I can I can see him getting squashed because that also happened in college, and these are, these are real men. So uh, Phillips is going to be really interesting. I'm leaning towards him probably – being pretty good than than bad. Uh, I mean, Lotelele is interesting, but I I don't think you're going to see anything. I mean, no, no. guy eats blocks. That's what he does. But you know, a, a nice game out of Dolph would be really cool. So we'll okay. see. Any 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 backup guys you're looking at at all, or no, not really for tomorrow. I mean, again, you know, Hatley's really the same type of player. I don't think we're going to okay. see any sort of explosion that's going to make a difference than than what we're expecting so i I mean i think defensive line is pretty much set on this team in terms of who's gonna make it we're pretty close yeah i think that there might be like one one position up for grabs between all those backup guys bearing an injury Uh, we talked about defensive back already um i mean safety is what it is we pretty much know the battles really between neil and Marlowe. um the, the other three are locks like you mentioned earlier in the show Vontae Davis, Trey White. I want, I want to see that pair for a little bit. See how they do against subpar receivers and you know Devin Funchess and um, I don't I don't know who else they even really start over there. Torrey I mean, Smith, I guess. It's going to be DJ Moore probably, right? Okay, so even I mean, more, even more so. Um, yeah. 
I'd like to see them in, in playing against a rookie's first game. I'd like to see them come in and just not let them move the ball definitely through the air at least. So that'll be interesting. Obviously, you've, you've, we've already highlighted the nickel battle, but you know they don't really use a dime. So I think the loser of Gaines Johnson will be your pseudo fourth corner. Um, and then there is a fifth battle, as, as you got into a little bit, between the Carter Walls, Pitts, and Borders. We'll, I want to look at that a little bit tomorrow. Um, but lastly, Jason, uh, linebacker, uh, you know, you got Milano, Edmonds, and Alexander. I mean, a unit that's you know pretty pretty heavily upgraded with Edmonds in for Preston Brown, um, but a unit that's better in the back. I mean, you got Ramon Humber, Julian Stanford, Deion Lacy, who's supposed to be looking good, Keon Robinson, who's better than players we had last year on the roster, Tanner Vallejo's back and healthy. Corey Thompson's a guy that I don't think is going to play, but um, has been mentioned by McDermott as an undrafted linebacker. Interesting. The guy we both featured, and I really like Xavier Woodson Luster, um, just doesn't, you know, he's behind all of them at this point. So that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty unfortunate. A guy I really like, but he's got a chance to, to do something tomorrow to change that situation. Anything you're looking at, starting units, backup units, the depth in general. What are, what are, who, I mean, who are you looking at tomorrow? I mean, I want to see Tremaine Edmonds play football. I mean, okay. there's, there's, I mean, he's the player I'm most excited about really on this team. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if Josh Allen goes and throws four touchdowns. But I mean, the more realistic thing is um, just hoping that Tremaine Edmonds can do something that just wows us. Um, and it really, in the, I mean, those, that, that, that starting three or really even just starting two linebackers is, is pretty set at this point. I think Milano's, you know, He's there. He's there, yeah. And so, I mean, really, those last guys, I mean, you're really talking about six guys battling, you know, six, seven guys battling for three spots. Uh, So it'll be interesting, and maybe performance will make a big deal of this. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Tanner Vallejo's been kind of on his way out and has been slowly falling in their eyes, so a really good performance could um, could help them. Or bats they love, Ramon Humber, Julian Stanford, Deion Lacey, uh, Keenan Robinson. It's the four bats again. And and the special teams thing is so huge. You know, I was reading an article, I forget from from who, I'm sorry, but, um, you know, it was really interesting. Tanner Vallejo's not playing special teams for them right now. Saran Neal's not playing special teams for them right now. Those veterans are the guys playing special teams right now. and I think that's an indication that maybe that's going to give a guy like Julian Stanford, Keenan Robinson, a, a leg up on a Vallejo or Dean Marlowe on, on and they on just Neil. love Humber and Lacey too. It's going to be right? a uphill battle. I mean, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for for poor Vallejo um, and Thompson and Luster. I mean, what's in Luster is a guy that they also signed to play with special teams. So although right. he might be fourth on the depth chart at uh, week, uh, Will <laughs> Linebacker <laughs> and line- special team. Special teams linebacker, he could oh, be. God, I, I don't. I'm sorry, man. For a unit that's going, I mean, that's just going by the wayside. Um, I, maybe it changes this year. They they think it's going to change with the the new rules still changing. Um, yeah, special teams. So that'll be interesting. Walk out for special teams tomorrow. It is a little bit different. So uh, right, there's, yeah. There's a bunch kickoffs, of new rules. yeah, a bunch of new rules on kickoffs. Um, so that that should be. So watch out for linebacker. I, I'm 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 looking at Keenan Robinson to kind of wrap it up. Uh, he's a guy I want to see if he can play defense at all. Uh, he's the one of the guys that I'm most excited for on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and this, this new and improved Deion Lacey as well. So lastly, watch out for our dude, Corey Carter. I know Jason <laughs> had some, some special, some, some research on Corey Carter, right? Yeah. He's been really on like the punter circuit trying to make it work. I think he was draft eligible three years ago and is 
started to get looks last year. Um, I forgot who brought him in, but, you know, was getting tryouts. Um, a shorter guy, but a, a pretty good athlete who can really boot the ball. Um, I saw a couple of YouTube videos because that's really what there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to be a guy that really gets hang time. I'm not sure about the, about the accuracy component yet because he was really just like kicking the ball really high. But you know, we were talking like five, you know, five five and a half second hang times there. So um, he's got to look at. And I know that um, you love Colton Schmidt, so I'm sure <laughs> you'll be watching uh, intently. Uh, Though sometimes they just bring in these backup guys and they don't even end up playing in these preseason. I thought Austin Racco had really had a chance last year, and I don't. He's probably in a camp somewhere. But Corey Carter, man, I think. This could be it. This could He's be been mentioned to have booming puns. So Corey Te- Carter, Texas Southern. Uh, we'll see. Great. I mean, I'm really excited for this game. It's all coming to a head finally. Um, we have some some crazy action coming at you. Kevin and Nick will be back at you tomorrow doing a Thursday uh, right before the game chat. Uh, get something up, and then as well, we're actually going to have Matt Perino on from New York Upstate, uh, their their beat reporter over there, filling in for. Um, well, actually, not filling in, taking over for uh, Matt Fairburn of the New York Upstate, uh, their, their their head guy. So that'll be inter- that'll be really cool to have him on on, on the pod. Um, you know, we're going to bring you great stuff all preseason. You know, Jason's got it going on. Jason's going to have a he's going to have a solo pod soon at some point, maybe even next week. So uh, look out for that as well. But from lockdown, wait. From Locked On Bills, this is Kevin Masseri, and that's Jason Shannon. Thanks, guys.